We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Today, we got a research project for you for the NFL season. It's a new way to look at betting and try to take some point spreads and try to take some money lines and try to figure out how much you're actually paying for per point. And John Legazia is going to be jumping on the line with me. So I have a brand new announcement about John, who is the host of our baseball show on Mayo Media Network. Everyone should sub to Mayo Media Network, by the way, so you can get all this great stuff. Smash the like button to the episode as well. And what he's going to do is talk us through his theory. He's backed it up. He's looked at everything. And we're going to see in reality and in practice if we can find slight advantages every single week of where we should be betting, should we be taking a 14-point dog or should we be betting them at like plus 625? Like, yes, obviously they're going to cover more than they hit the money line. However, how much are you paying per point? on that plus 14 once you factor in the VIG. We're going to take all the week one lines from DraftKings Sportsbook and try to figure out what the best method is for this. And I'm going to bring him in right now. John Legazia, you are the host of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on Mayo Media Network. But here's the thing. Introducing right now, Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, maybe Friday night. We'll see whenever you want to do it. During football season, brand new show, the Jock Market NFL Show 
along with you tracking all the point spreads. You have bets on the show. It's going to be a quick hitter. When people want to do it, it's going to be a compliment to one of the shows that I'm hosting, Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, but it's going to focus more on props and DraftKings picks. You got the rest covered. So if you want to sign up for Jock Market, it's super easy. Hit the description. Use code MMN. Get a match deposit on your first deposit over there. Super easy stuff. And if you want to listen to the podcast for John Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, it's going to be on daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix now i have that down in the description right now where you can go subscribe to it highly recommend it we have a bunch of short hitting content from all DraftKings picks all bets ufc nascar it's all easily digestible quick hitting action if that's what you're looking for so john welcome to the show dude pat what's up man thank you so much i wonder since you mentioned it can i do a quick sell on jock market for people do it hit me all right, here is why we've done so very well at Jock Market, myself in particular. If you're unfamiliar, I generally try not to brag about outcomes because when you bet, you're going to have downslides. But sometimes the proof is in the pudding. I took their free $20 promo so long ago. It's up like 15,000%. I'm up over 3K on the free promo. And again, remember, Jock Market does not have a jackpot. So it's not like you could win the milli and then float for the rest of your career as a loser. You have to kind of click up. I generally think about that yodeler on the price is right in the mountain does his little thing going up the mountain and that's how you do it in jock market and the reason is this and it's very easy to identify why we've done so well because there is inherent leverage and what happens is this when you play daily the prices are stagnant so when demand is increased the price doesn't move which creates the free square right we're all familiar with the DraftKings free square which is fine the problem with that is it becomes difficult to benefit. It actually becomes a hindrance and you have to work that leverage theory into your process. When it comes to jock market, because it's a true market with a price finding mechanism, right? It's a free market. Demand raises the price. So therefore, when a player rings on our player model, Pat, that is cheap. It means by definition, there is no demand, which opens up the pathway for that multiple percentage profit. And that's how we have slayed jock market because it's really truly price dependent. When you see a low price, there's value there opposed to other daily sites where there may be, but again, everybody could dogpile the free square. In jock market, if everyone dogpiles the free square, it could become so expensive that you get away from it and then benefit from it that way. So I love it. Everybody tune into the show because it plays along with my, you know, my background. I'm a former derivatives trader at a professional level and stuff. And it plays along to that. Just being sharp, identifying values, and then not having to play a tight end if you don't want to, not having to play a defense if you don't want to. You just play what you want. And we've really done very well. So thank you, Pat. I'm really excited about the upcoming season. Yeah, so three times a week, you can still catch him on the MLB show till the end of August right now, so you can go sub to that if you want to get in on the daily bets, the jock market. Again, jock market, code MMN. You can find the link down in the description. You can also find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 1 DraftKings Open. $75,000 of guaranteed money is in that prize pool right now, so there is a big jackpot if you can win. I just won the golf one two weeks ago. Yes, Quick 5K. To Pat Mayo, I got myself even over the last six years or so, but I've finished twice <laughs> in the NFL one over the past five years. So I'm floating around even in that, but it's only three max entry, $15 to play. There's no rake. So everyone should go play that up on DraftKings right now. So what we've got you here for today, and you kind of hit on it, Jock Market's such a natural for you because former derivatives trader, you understand value. And yeah, you can say Travis Kelsey is great. He's like the most expensive guy. It's like, yeah, we all kind of know he's great. Is it worth it for us? And where you can find, I mean, you're basically Jordan Belfort. You're going to find some penny stocks that we're going to turn into gold, aren't you? 
That's that's exactly what we're looking for. And Pat, you nailed it. Remember, top side is kind of irrelevant if you're ignoring price. It's always about percentage gain. Jock market, DraftKing, all the same. The lower you spend, the less you need to create that same percentage gain, which at the end of the day is really what it's is what it's all about. So, all right, come on, let's let's do some value and where this started again. I have to thank you for working through this process with me as simple as it is in theory and people will see it's a very simple theory as a lot of my ideas are surprise it can be a little complicated to explain you've dealt with this and seen my confusion but i think i really got it nailed down to the brass tacks let's lay it out everybody so here's so, the theory wait, 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 wait. hold on hold on one yeah. second i want to prep people here so yeah. john's going to be going over this i think mondays and saturdays on your show so and i think that you're going to give me the early one so yes. i can do it on my sunday show and now yes. and then we can track to see how much it changes whether or not there's more value in the openers whether there's more value in the closing lines as it pertains to this theory and the whole goal with this and i i find this super fascinating that's why i really want to talk about it with you is that I mean, I love a good research project. I really yeah. do. And I want to see how viable this can be. Because, I mean, the way you're talking, the pitch I know you're going to give is how this is going to change everything. You know, I want to see some results here first. Yeah. And we can track that on the show. We can back test it as much as we want. But I'm sitting there on a Tuesday, and I want to make a bet. i got to figure out the right bet to make. I want to see if this is going to really work for us. So the floor is yours, Mr. Legazia. Tell us yeah. about this value. You can even tell me when to bring up the the graphic that you've made. Okay, yeah, yeah, right. Let's do a little explaining first. But I think to your point, yes, it can be a lot. We're going to make it digestible. But it is fully actionable now as an objective value-based tool. <laughs> you, of course, being a big idea guy, why we gravitate towards you, Patty. There is... I don't want to say untold ceiling because like you mentioned, it, we're investigating. So we don't know what kind of results it will yield. My gut tells me we're going to change the way the public views money line versus spread comparisons. And that's my initial goal. Where the back testing takes us and we're going to be testing it, we're going to be tracking if certain teams provide values, if teams end up as values on the closing line, meaning let's say a team is cheap. Are they going to end up expensive? And if we can predict that, that's going to be a pathway to CLV. But we're all going to have to table that. Let's understand the theory first before we try and apply it. And again, very simple. We're all familiar with the betting board. I know we have a lot of experienced bettors following along. Points are not standardized on the betting board. And again, we can evidence this very easily. Oftentimes, there will be two different games with a three and a half point spread, but the money line is disparate. Right, this is not a surprise. This is something that happens all the time. And I believe it's really oft overlooked and me being kind of this nefarious cheapskate, but also it's less so about the joke about me being a cheapskate, more about I bet under such a stringent risk plan, Pat, that I'm truly calculating the decimal points. And I started thinking, well, at what point is it worth shifting over to the money line? And again, I'm going to spin into the opening game because it just happens to be a perfect example of it. And again, I hope as we lay out examples, people will start to see exactly what I mean. Let's look at the opening game. It's Buffalo is at the Rams. Great game. Going to be fun to watch. That's not the point. The Rams are a dog, two and a half points, and it's plus 125. So a lot of times I believe people just automatically bet the spread, right? It's always at the four. It's what everybody covers. 
we rarely hear about a shift to the money line, but there certainly is a time for that given points come at different prices, right? So that's a fact. We just have to apply it. So let's do just that. If it's a two and a half point spread at plus 125, it will actually take us $35 to get, right? Think of it as a number line from plus 125 to the minus 10. So it's a $35 at two and a half points is an equal $14. But now let's think about it from a pragmatic point of view. It's going to be a very tough game. We know it's going to be very tight. Less than three point dog at home. There's a possibility that obviously you're going to lose. There's also a good possibility that you're going to win. When a game is within three points, Pat, I like to think they're a lot closer to 50-50 than the public tends to give it give credence to that. Meaning, to me, minus one and minus two are essentially the same. And that would be another great time to apply this application, right? To apply this kind of theory, this cost-based analysis back to the Rams. So now we have a fork in the road, Pat. We know we want the Rams. This is not the case for me, but in this situation. We can either take the plus two and a half points or we can go for the outright win at plus 125. But the books are only offering you $14 in order to go for the money line. That's just not worth it. It's not worth it to accept a $35 offer and sacrifice a two and a half point cover given the circumstances that I laid out. And the opposite works, the wider the spreads go. So maybe we should look at one of those also, another plus line. So that's an example of a plus money bet that you don't want to touch the money line. It's really not worth it. That plus 125 is really not going to move the needle for you if we're in a tie game in the fourth quarter. That's when you start regretting it and wishing that you had taken the points. Let's say Buffalo gets out ahead. We know that when we fall behind, covering can become difficult. Now we're just looking for the back door. See, winning becomes difficult. Can we look for the back door? Now let's take a look at one of the deeper spreads. Hold right, on. So I, I, have okay, move, yeah, I have a question before we move. I have a question before we move on please. from this. Yeah, please do. How So when you've incorporated these lines, the plus two and a half, minus two and a half, and then the two money lines with Buffalo and the Rams, you also have to factor in that when you bet the two and a half, it's not even money. You have to pay VIG on this. And all these lines are from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right. So theoretically, I mean, normally, unless one side gets juiced or not, you're going to be paying minus 110 to bet that plus two and a half, well, not even money. Yeah, that's why the plus 125, Brett Patty, plus 125, cost you $35 because you have to cross the zero and get to the minus 10. That's a perfect point. That's exactly, that's another one. People just don't do the math on that. And if I could stand on it one more bit, people have a, a tendency to throw away these, the 10, the 10 cents. That's a 10% disparity. And that's not nothing. Granted, there are going to be times in our betting careers, we're going to have to eat five or 10 cents of juice, but don't just throw it away, people. It matters. Remember when you bet 10% and lose, you need 11% to get that back. And that's why it's so important to do these kind of, you know, have to have this methodology, right? When we attack the board, and we could do that example again, it's 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 wholly data back. If we start with $100, Patty, and we lose $10, and we lose 10%, we're down to 90 bucks. If you win 10% back the next day, you're not at 100, you're at 99, and you're still down 1%. So theoretically, right? If you win and lose 10% in perpetuity, you're not going to be even. You're going to be at zero. And that's a, a betting theory that I think 
gets lost on people, right? They think, oh, I lost 10%, win 10%, lose 10%. Well, you're going to zero and I'm not. So remember, no bet better than a bad bet and why this kind of work really matters because, you know, taking advantage of profit on the margins over time is what's going to keep us in the black. So remember the number line? Always doing cost per point analysis. Now let's do a deeper one again. I think this is where it's really kind of gets fun. Let's look at Houston. Okay. Houston Texans are an eight point underdog to the Colts, but it's plus 285. So remember, this is the same betting board. This is the same week. This is the same sport. This is the same casino. But that point is going off at nearly $37 a point to offer. Now, why? Because it's not a great chance that they win. However, Again, remember, these games are closer to 50% than any of us want to admit. The ball is not round. It's very hard to predict which way it's going to bounce. I know that's kind of like kish, right? But it is the truth. What is also the truth is a tremendous disparity in cost per point analysis. $37 for Houston, $14 for the Rams. So, the Rams are a smash spread play because the offer is not high enough. We can't say that about the Texans. The offer is high enough, but I don't think the odds are there. So what should we do? Patty, we're in this beautiful technological age of fractional betting, ubiquitous casino access. People, sometimes the answer is just not binary. It's not always black or white. A lot of times the answer is a grayer shade in between. And I'll give you, again, do a little bit of the math because that's where a lot of this stuff centers. If you're going to, if you think that the Texans have a chance to cover, you better have a feeling that they could win. Better is that bet on teams to solely cover, that's a losing bet. You should never, ever bet a team to just not lose by a X amount. That to me is a losing theory. Pick teams that you think can win, but may fall short. So if that's the case with Houston, the answer is partial play. If you were to take the standard 110 bet to win 100, not a great return. Houston gets it done. What if they win the game? You missed piece of a tremendous cap. But what if they lose by six? So that's why, again, gray, gray, gray people think right. If you bet $75 at minus 110, Three quarters of R, again, you don't have to use the numbers. I like to deal in decimal points. My followers kind of are getting used to that. I think that's why we've had so much success. That would equal $143. What does that tell me right off the bat? It tells me right off the bat, I saved 25% of my risk while holding on to a 43% profit. Better than 40% profit, fully sustainable and viable by anybody's standards, or at least should be if they're not, they're doing it wrong. So the answer is to mix them both. You take three quarters at the vid, lock in the 43%, you take the other 25% and put it on the three to one, opening up the pathway to really hit on a progressive cap that you had. Again, a lot of this is based on, Pat, the fact that you do not bet teams that you don't think can win. Because I truly believe that is a losing strategy. Who is to say they're going to lose by six, but not by nine? You got to pick teams that you think can win. Believe it or not, I think Houston is one of the more undersold offenses. I don't think the defense is there. So I would not be touching this. But if I liked Houston at 
all to win, like I do other dogs. Let's say Atlanta, who I do really like. And on our chart, we have marked as a caution yellow. That's a definite hybrid hit. And you'll see me if you're following along with the show, how we lay out all this stuff to, again, it's just about putting ourselves in a strong probabilistic scenario using cost per point analysis to have a data back value standard, let's say, and then apply it tuning the dials. I always talk about that, right? Sometimes it's not, it might not be 75, 25, depending on the odds, play with the dials where you get that 40% and the rest you run on the win. Because I have gone on runs of outright dog winners that I've only had money on the points and you only get the 100 off the minus 110. That's just not a great return. So Pat, I hope we did a little bit to just show people how, again, you really need to have a critical eye on all of this. It's never as simple as, Always do this or always do that. But I do believe you want to bring up the chart. I think I tried to color code this for everybody, right? Green, these are money line value chart. So again, the standard is spread. So my working theory here is everybody's betting the spread. This chart will just tell you where you need to be looking at the money line. Again, that bet that a lot of people are often overlooking. And if you look at the chart, you'll see a bunch of running themes. So again, this is going to speak to us. When you have underdogs again, where those points are cheap, take the points. When the money line, I mean, it's really intuitive. The offer for the money line is not worth the points. The thing is, the book relies on you to not do the math. So when you have a low offer on those points, you take them because there's value in cheap points. Points are the commodity at which football revolves around. It's being offered cheap. Don't be stubborn. Don't be greedy. And I, re Pat, I really feel like this is, again, this is not, we're not breaking it and changing the world. But for some people, we really might because I think a lot of light bulbs went off and that's always my thing. It's not like, here, I'm going to make you a jillion dollars betting but I am going to put a flashlight on the board and show you that maybe we were doing it wrong, man. What do you think? So I think that the biggest thing you just kind of hit on it, it's the light bulbs that go off in people's mind about a lot of this stuff that just you speaking about. And one thing that I, I think that we need to articulate is when you look at that chart, just because someone is like the Texans, like you mentioned, the Texans are a, per this to buy their points is far more expensive than most teams. And this is what you're going to see most with the bigger dogs, right? Yes. Yes, correct. So that doesn't mean you automatically just bet their money line because they're a value on the money line. You still need to cap that game and think that you have an advantage yeah. to win on that game. It's not a chart to tell you who to bet. It's a right. chart to tell you how to bet if yeah. you want to bet. And I think that's the important part because, listen, I'm as guilty of this as anyone else. Be like, oh, yeah. You know, I, I think that the uh, the Titans are, this is a theoretical example, I don't think they're eight-point dogs. But like, oh, they, they can win this game outright. But I would never bet some on the money line and bet some on the spread. I'd either bet the spread or bet the money line. But what you're saying is actually somewhat conducive to making my bankroll sustainable so I can afford to bet in week seven and in yeah. week 15, not just lose all my money after three weeks or be up like 3000 bucks and then immediately give it all back. At least with this, it's a system and a different way to look at things to mitigate that risk yet maximize the upside of it. So I want to pull up right. the chart and ask you some questions here. Yeah. So we're looking at the chart right now. Cool. So you said when the dogs are in the red, for example, 
on this. So you have the Rams uh, are in the red, New England is in the red, and it's usually the smaller favorites. It does right. seem like the spread is the better play in all of these because they're giving you really cheap points on these close spreads. And I guess, and I, I, I would imagine that's solely because, you know, Johnny Public Pat Mayo, who wants to put 100 bucks on this game, you know what's better than uh, paying minus 110? on New England plus two and a half in this game is betting them to win at plus 120 because I could win 120 bucks instead of 90 bucks. And that's where they're getting me. Yeah. And some of them, the real extreme examples are the best way, I think, for us to teach people. And then the digestion occurs. Because I know for me, again, I'm an idea guy and I knew I was onto something, but it wasn't until I really hashed through it. And I I recommend everybody, Pat, we're going to put this image out there. Let's get it to people. And you can tweet at me anytime I'm at MLB moving AVG on the bird app any time of day because I really live for explaining this stuff because I love to help people because we should be joining up against the faceless corporation books like we should. Right. I don't necessarily want to take my friend's money in fantasy football. I do want to take the casino's money because, you know, well, F them, that's well, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> don't take so much of DraftKings money. They can't afford to pay me anymore. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you what, I got a couple best ball teams. I may be looking to make myself a partial owner over there. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe that's another story for another day. All right. Let's get back into the course point and working on the edges, because again, that's the best way to understand it. The, you mentioned the cheap dogs, right? Or it's not even cheap there. The book is being cheap. The offer is poor. So it's a low offer on an underdog. The most extreme example we have is Cleveland. I, you have to introduce me to the person that bets the point. You have to introduce me to the person that bets the points. And it's it's what you mentioned, Pat. It's just laziness or a lack of perception and understanding. So the Browns are plus 100 to win outright, minus 110 for plus one and a half. That's a six and a half dollar NFL point. National Football League, mind you, you know, not the Northeastern Frisbee League, okay? Not those people as popular as they're becoming now and watching people do this stuff. How could you decline that? That, at that point, the book is telling you, right? It's $6. This point, I'll give you this point for $6.60, and you said no. That's how you have to look at it. You're being, these are offers and demands on an auction block, Right, they're trying to get us to bid like a stock, take the big price, and execute. You don't have to execute on the spread if you don't want. I, I, that that one really just says it all. Like I'm gonna just close up shop and walk away because that's the answer right there. Cleveland plus one point five, and this is where the tool works. Right, like we don't have to back test this to know that this matters. If you didn't do this work and you didn't identify it, you're a donkey because you paid plus one hundred. To win, where if they lose by a point, obviously somebody thinks it's a one-point game, Pat. We, this game's been getting capped by millions of people, and that's where the line has been. There is something to wisdom of the crowd. I don't mind bucking the trend, but the week one lines in particular are very sharp. They've been out for so long, sitting on the vine. So that's a smash spot right there for the points. There's almost no way around it. You mentioned the other ones. When you start get to the six, seven, and eight-point favorites, you start getting offers in the 30s. Opposed to six that I just mentioned, this is a 500% disparity or greater. I mean, at this point, we're talking value and 500% disparities. Are we not about to say this tool is already effective? I would hope so. And let's go a bit further. The cost per point, it's not standardized again. So some of these, 
plus $30 offers, like if you look at our board, Patty, one of the top three offers is on Seattle, but that one's only five and a half. You could get $36 offered on seven. So it's, you could get $35 offered on eight. You have to do the math, people. If we're talking about a game that's being listed at less than a touchdown, again, don't bet on underdogs that you don't think have a chance of winning. You got to work a piece of that into your plan, whether it's 20%, 25%. Again, play with the dials, figure out where it lands, where, again, I didn't talk about 5% profit. I said, if we hit the points, we're talking 40%. That's a nice, juicy profit. And like you said, the key word for me is progressive, opening up the doorway for the progressive payout. Who is this? I mean, again, if, you're, if you think you're that accurate that you bet to a two-point spread without thinking you could win, you're probably doing it wrong. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. So I guess we've talked about the underdog strategy with all of this, right? How does this pertain to the favorite? So when I look at the chart right now, you see some like even disparities on either side. And usually like take the Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is minus one to win, minus 110, and then minus 115 on the money line. Dallas plus one, uh, plus 105 on the money line. So the points per dollar for the Bucks is just minus $5. Like that, it's $5 for them and it's 15 on the other side. When we're talking about favorites. What should we be looking at here? Spread versus money line. Okay, now- 
Tampa, that line moved, which makes it a little bit off because you can't, well, I guess we could tie, but I wouldn't play for a tie. <laughs> so at minus one, you might as well just play the money line there because we're not going to play for a tie. But let's talk about the favorites because, again, this matters. Heavy favorites. Let's look at Cincinnati's a good one. So Cincinnati, Baltimore, and San Francisco all have like $40 cost, right? This is not an offer. This is a cost. You have to pay that, right? You, you're paying for those points. It's probably a little bit more intuitive to understand on the favorite side. And then it becomes a matter of, well, is it worth that? And I have found once you're at $30 or more, dude, you take the points. Because you're talking about laying 345 you lose that, you're going to be, oh, man, you're so far behind the eight ball. Again, like I said, having to win back more than you've lost. I don't even know how you recover from that without doing something wrong, you know, without doing something wrong. Because, again, mistakes beget mistakes, Pat, which is why one of my big things is it's always proactive, greater than sign, reactive. Because once the mistakes happen and emotions get involved, Things spiral out of control. And then again, like I said, the, the hole is always deeper than it appears because every 10% hole is 11% out. So you dig another 10% hole, lay your 23 out, and then it becomes just over, right? The lights go off because you're out of money. The register's closed. So take, take the point spread on favorites. And again, I think the greed works in both directions, right? That door swings both ways. If you're capping games where they're going to win by six, but they're not going to win by eight, who are you? And can I have the lottery numbers? Stop, stop doing that, people. There is so much projection onto the future. We got to be thinking of things in ranges of outcomes, vectors and bands and rays. That is the real truth of the earth, right? Sine waves, outcomes in ranges, not specific points. I don't think, Pat, working in the hybrid play is worth it because, again, a fractional bet on a 345 is not going to move the needle. So that's why you won't see me doing that. The hybrid play is specifically for the underdog to open up the progressive play. In favorite betting, because there is no progressive bet to be had, then you would want to just go outright on the spread. Where it works in the other fashion are the lower numbers, which again, I just, I can't understand this. Let's look at Green Bay. Green Bay is a perfect example, people. Oh gosh, how much talk I've heard about betting the Green Bay spread I'm sorry, it's a donkey move. Green Bay is set at minus two, minus 130 money line. Very easy math. 20 cents of a move and two points, even for a yo-yo like myself. 20 goes into two. I have enough fingers for that, so I could do that math. That answer is 10. How much is that moving the needle for you? Again, how accurate are you at predicting outcomes within a single point that you're going to sacrifice having to win by a field goal? Instead of just paying the 130. So again, Pat, I guess there is a subjective element to the word value. Yes, I, I would. I spent enough time around some philosophy professors to know that. However, this is objective. This is a fact. That is not a good deal. Okay. Sometimes we just have to. My mama said, you know, you got to shop around, shop, shop around. And that is shopping around. And it's funny because it's in the box right next to it, oftentimes, right? The spread is right next to the money line. Do we not even look? Are we ashamed of doing the math? I think the number line throws people off. But again, people, in 9 million words or less, this stuff matters. You're objectively doing the wrong thing by not following and I don't want to say obeying it like Pat said. It's not going to tell you who, 
But if you have the who, it's going to tell you where to put the chip on that board. And make no mistake, that matters. Yeah, so looking at it right now, like just to make this very simple for everyone, if a yeah. favorite is in the green on your chart, so basically less than $15 per point, let's say. Yep, that was the money. Around yep, there. Then yep. they become a very good money line wager. And the more right. you're paying per point, obviously that point is more valuable as a favorite. So let's say we were to parlay favorites together, for example. Now, I mean, I, I know you like to do the fun, like, long shot underdog parlays with, you know, the ones that are great values. But if you want to do it the other way, because I know that people just want to throw a lottery ticket down. And I'm not here to tell you that, listen, parlays aren't great bets most of the time because right. you're just, you're raking yourself every single time and not getting the true odds that you need. But that's not going to stop right. you from playing them, me telling you that. So you're going to play them. <laughs> nope. So when we look at this chart, if you just want to take some favorites to parlay... Now, you're not going to go, because I know people that will legitimately on Sunday show up to my place where we watch it with 20 people, eight screens on TV, with a Cincinnati minus 265, Baltimore 295, San Francisco 295, three-team money line parlay. It never wins. It's a, someone will come and screw it up. But mm -hmm. if you were to actually play that and have it to win, you'd be much better going Cincy six and a half, minus six and a half, Baltimore minus seven, San Francisco minus seven, if you actually wanted to get value out of each of those teams. Now, yeah, I mean, you're going to make more money off of it anyway, but by points per dollar, you're paying so much on the money line for those three teams in particular in week one that they're guaranteed winners in your mind and they're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's it. Pat, you, you, you mentioned it. It comes with experience. It's very simple to say this team is going to route this team. The overconfidence is it's spectacular, really, especially again with a sharpened board telling you some of these games are the, within a touchdown, right? That's the blow. The blowout is a touchdown. So what does that mean? If there's an opening kickoff touchdown return, it's now an even money game. So like one single play takes your slam dunk, you know, gauntlet analysis and throws it in the garbage. That's unacceptable from a probabilistic standpoint. And that's generally why I push back against the market so much, especially in these scenarios, Pat, because that's it. The book doesn't want you to do this. They do not want you to split your bet because you're maximizing your opportunity for return. Books take advantage of gamblers having unrealistic expectations. Again, I have a <laughs> extensive background. It's not just physically not on Wall Street, but in the theoretical Wall Street, right? In the, the ethos of Wall Street. We're making eight, nine, 10% is awesome. You're getting a bonus. You're going to Disneyland. You're staying on the monorail. And I'm going to have a, you know, champagne and strawberries waiting for me when I get there. Betters want to make 300% in perpetuity every single day. And that's just once a day. They want to double up in the afternoon, take that and triple it up in the at nighttime sleep and keep going and going and going when, sorry, people, that's just not how it is. And I, I this I could say truthfully, I have bet professionally. I, I didn't want to. I was forced into it through injury to keep my family afloat, my mortgage paid, my house, my car paid, betting professionally. It's extremely stressful. It's very hard. And if you don't look to scrutinize every, we call them bips trading, you know, thousands. Now you're exaggerating, but that's the thinking you have to have. Scrutinize the bip, we used to say. Because if you scrutinize the bip, the macro will never get away from you because you're always paying attention to not letting that profit away. So split those bets. You can maximize 
do the math, follow the shows, get the chart. And again, we're just highlighting it for you. And I think, I mean, I, I almost can't see how this could go wrong. Cause again, we're not telling anybody to do a certain thing, but once you have your decision made, you must, I, I really feel strong, that's that strong about it. You must put it through this filter because it's going to take you to the next step. I love it. And I couldn't imagine that. I, I would not have the, the, the stones or the wherewithal to bet professionally just because I lose way too much. But I like to have, but it's because I don't do things like this. I am, listen, I, I, I did pretty well in the NFL last year. I just dug myself out of a hole in golf by hitting two winners in a row at huge odds. That's golf betting. That's a little bit different. Although yeah. the same theory applies that you need to make these very micro decisions to affect your macro overall. And setting a baseline like this for yourself is absolutely necessary in order to do that. But I am the same person who sits there. You mentioned like the idiot who wants to bet on the one o'clock games, win 300% and then double that up and roll it over to more 300%. I, every week that I bet, I think that that is what I think is going to happen. It's never mm -hmm. happened, but I think- Well, Pat, you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is this. Someone will take an underdog. They'll split the bet. The Texans will lose by six. So they'll cover but not win and be mad that they didn't get that little extra piece. But in reality, more often than not, you don't get coverage. You get wins. You set it yourself. Every And it's funny because everybody knows this. So you can tell every better all these givens that we all know. Play the three you know, heavy money line dogs. Your uh, favorites are guaranteed to lose one. But that same person will tell you, you got to take the points. You got to take the points. Why? You just told me that you're going to lose one of your minus 300 bets, which is absurd. No, almost no football game, especially week one with healthy squads, should be minus three and one. I, I honestly don't think there's a single game, including my beloved Jets, that if we ran three times, we might not get a single win. As much, And again, that just goes to show you how much I am in disagreement with the market because you hear people say the Ravens could play the Jets 100 times, they're going to win 100 times. That's not, that's just not how I see it. So plus seven for the Jets, plus 245. They're trying to tempt this, Pat. I don't really like the Jets because they, I worry about the quarterback play, but it would have to be a split play. Flacco is something. He's a quarterback, and I know, man, my Jets fans are going to hate me. I think the Jets probably have a better chance of winning with Flacco on the center just because I think they're more – it's more congruent. Like, I think we'll see more continuity. He's a little more vanilla, which I think would be a good thing for a young team. Wilson is a bit volatile. His decision-making is volatile. He takes off when he shouldn't. He chucks it when he shouldn't. And now he's hurt. So the Jets might win <laughs> Sundays. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, if you think so – Split that bet. I think that's the most important thing, right, Pat? We're not saying bet the Texans and the Jets to win. It's if you think that they could win, give yourself an opportunity to do more than win 100 on 110 bet. Yeah, so if you like that side, you split up your bet on the hybrid when you're getting that much value per point. I, uh, right. shockingly enough, do not like the Jets in week one. I like the Ravens. I'm just yeah. going to take those points. That's the most sensible move for me. Yeah, you should. Yeah, and you should. Uh, and you know what I want to ask you one more thing because it's you know, kind of hashing this stuff out. You mentioned... Pairing favorites, man, I'm with you on parlays. I generally try and stay away from them in football. Sometimes if I can get two favorites that I like to make an even pair that's over even money, minus 105, maybe at the end I'll go there. Once we get to three outcomes, I feel like you really start to get spoiled. And if that's how I feel, and if that's how you feel and we agree, then I think that is even more validation for the split strategy. Because, again, a lot of times they don't end up in the points. You get an, an outright win. Yeah. Um, it's called greed is what it's called. Yeah. 
Oh, Pat, I, that's one more thing. It's so funny. Greed. You mentioned one more, one more really, really, really important betting lesson, Herdy. It's just really important because we're talking spreads versus money line. It's really, really important. It's, this is for the favorite side. Try and stay aligned with the intentions of the organization. This, I found, has really benefited me as well. In baseball, not paying for run lines, looking for wins. In football, not paying if we don't have to, looking for wins. Because coaches, front offices, GMs, everybody wants to win. Nobody cares about three and a half points. They do not care. I don't like to put my money on something the coach doesn't care about. Don't do that. So I don't do that. I don't like when baseball managers sacrifice that last run. They have to for an out. I don't like when head coaches in football give up that easy touchdown, but they're going to. They're going to because it's, it is beneficial to their only end game, which is winning. And that's what I mean, Pat. I like to be aligned with what the team is trying to do. Nothing worse than watching your team give up a backdoor cover and prevent defense, right? Isn't that the worst? It's the worst. And it doesn't make it a bad handicap, but you somewhat did because you opened yourself up for that. I think that's what I'm getting at. All right, cool. All right, John is going to be hosting Monday, Thursday, Saturday, the Jock yeah. Market and Picks and Bets. They're all going to be up there. And John <laughs> will be going over this, looking at the lines yeah. as the week goes along. And then we're going to make some theories on maybe that there is yeah. something. I mean, we mentioned that this chart isn't to tell you who to bet. But maybe after we do this for a year, maybe that there's a certain yeah. number threshold that you identify. and It still would be anything. That's the one thing about football. No matter how many times that you run a season, you know, it's going to be in reality a very small sample. So what yeah. might happen in 2022 might not happen in 2023. But sometimes, as I've noticed, like trying to pick up on some of these trends early can find you a lot of value because mm -hmm. the betting market doesn't necessarily update itself to what the reality of the team is. It, re it updates itself to what the perception of that team is. And when we take the perception out and we just use what the lines and numbers are telling us, maybe there is a certain number threshold that could lead us to potential underdogs or yeah. even favorites. I, I'm really curious to know how this is all going to shake out and that's going to be a part of that show so you can find that on mayo media network subscribe right now smash like to all the episodes as well if you want the audio version i mean it's not going to have the cool visuals in it but you'll still be able to hear it and hear what john's talking about daily fantasy sports picks and bets the mix uh where it will come out in audio version you can subscribe to that right now down in the description uh just make it easy on yourself thanks so much john this was fun that was excellent patty thank you for having me yeah, no problem. You can follow me at the PME on Twitter. Entire draft kit is down in the description of the video. Me and Pizzola are going to come back and talk broad ranging betting later on in either this week or next week, sometime before the season, which is very soon, which means you should go get your spot in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League right now because it's going to be full very soon. It's rake free at 75K. If you're playing any tournament on DraftKings, that's the one you should play. That only makes sense. Are you stupid? Well, if not, then you should most definitely play in this tournament, right? Easy stuff down in the description. That will do it for me. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.